Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Impact Makers Podcast, where my goal is to share with you tools, tips, resources, and information to build a career that you love and a life that matters. Today is the final episode in a three-part series on personal branding. Over the last three weeks, we've talked about what a personal brand is and how you can begin the process of defining yours and continuing to develop it over the course of your career and your life. I hope you've had the chance to download the free workbook that I created to help you in this process. But if you haven't done that yet, I'd encourage you to do so. You can download it at jennifermcclure.net slash pbworkbook, and I'll link to it in the show notes at jennifermcclure.net slash 25, so you can find it there if that's easier. You can also find the prior episodes 23 and 24 to help you go on your personal brand journey. And I also want to mention that I had the honor this week of being a guest on my friend Laurie Rudiman's podcast, which is called Let's Fix Work. Laurie was my first guest here on the Impact Makers podcast way back in episode two, where we talked about her journey through work and life as a thriving contrarian. If you haven't listened to our conversation yet, I'll link to it also in the show notes. I think you'll really enjoy it, and Laurie is a great example of someone who has really been able to change the course of her life and career by differentiating herself from others in her profession, first as a human resources leader and then as a popular blogger, and now as a business advisor, speaker, writer, and podcaster. She's been creating some amazing opportunities for herself through that clarity and has even been paid to travel and write about her true passion, which is, of course, cats. Anyway, Lori asked me to be a guest on her podcast this week to talk about personal branding. And I've got to say, I listened to our conversation yesterday and, and it was really good. It's one thing to teach about a topic and do training, but it's different when you have a fun conversation with a friend and one who doesn't always agree with you about a topic that you're passionate about. I thought it was awesome, even if I was a part of it. So you'll want to learn more about how my own personal brand has evolved over the years and some of the failures and successes I've encountered in my journey. We've got you covered over at Let's Fix Work. As a bonus, you'll also hear a little bit about what it's like to get anonymous feedback from audience members as a conference speaker, which is really fun. I mean, sort of. Okay, sometimes. Actually, not at all. (laughs) In last week's episode... I did a mini training on how you can work through the process of defining and developing your personal brand. I shared some exercises to work through, as well as some questions to ask yourself and others to gain an understanding of what you'd be able to bring to the table, how others see you, and to think about how you want to use your gifts and talents to impact the world. I also shared a process for creating a personal brand statement that you can use to introduce yourself, or you can use it on your LinkedIn profile, your resume, and most importantly, I want you to use it in how you position yourself for opportunities or decide what types of work or volunteer activities you want to pursue. I shared that in order to make your personal brand statement extra awesome and effective, you'll want to follow the brand framework. Brand stands for B-R-A-N-D. It's amazing how that works. 
the B in brand is bold, supports a goal larger than yourself. So in other words, something that people will actually care about, which the first thing they care about is probably not you. Relevant, in line with what you do or aspire to do. It's one thing if you want to be a rock star. It's another thing if you work in an insurance company. So (laughs) make sure that your personal brand statement is relevant to what you do assuming that's what you want to continue to do or to get better at. The A stands for authentic, synonymous with how others describe you. Remember, the definition of a personal brand is how others view you as compared to other people in similar positions. So what other people think about you in terms of your personal brand actually matters. So you want to make sure that what you tell people your personal brand is or how you begin to talk about yourself is synonymous with how they see you. And if you don't like how they see you, then what are you going to do to start to change that? The N in brand stands for notable. Memorable and easy to understand is always great for any kind of tagline or anything you want people to remember when they walk away. And that is part of the challenge of personal brand statements is how can you get it down to something that is memorable? And I think that's a work in process. And as I've said, I'm a work in process myself. I still don't feel like mine really rolls off the tongue, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there and I'm not giving up. And so I'm giving you the framework that I'm using and continuing to evolve as I try to develop my own personal brand statement. But I've got enough that it's at least helping me to see the types of work I want to do and where I think I can most impact the world. And then the D in brand is differentiated. How, again, do you separate yourself from others who are in similar positions? So you're not just a human resources manager or a financial controller. You are something different than the other people who also share that same job title. So that's the part of the process that I really want you to spend some time on. And if you're doing that and pulling your hair out in that process, then great. You're just like the rest of us. You're learning as you go and continuing to get better. But once you've done your homework, you should be able to create your own awesome personal brand statement by filling in the blanks in the framework. And I also, again, this is in the workbook if you want to use that workbook, but you don't have to download the workbook because I give it to you right here. The personal brand statement fill in the blank is, I am professional identity. So I am what? Who helps my audience? So who is your audience? Who do you do that for? Do or understand a unique solution. So what is the unique thing that you bring to the world that you help the audience do or understand? The really meaty part now is so that, and that is a transformation or benefit. So I am blank. Who helps blank do or understand blank so that blank sounds easy enough. But again, once you start to do the work and really figure out your skills and your strengths and try to start filling in those blanks, it's a little bit harder than you think. And you don't have to exactly follow that format. So make sure that you make it your own. But the goal is to get you to think about yourself as more than your job title or being defined by where you work. Remember, probably the last time you had a chance to introduce yourself and I fell into this same trap a couple of weeks ago at a networking event. Someone said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a speaker and I work for myself at Unbridled Talent. And that told them nothing really about me. They weren't too excited about learning more. And I just beat myself up all the way home about how here I am teaching people about how to share their personal brand. And I still don't always get it myself. 
So again, it's a work in process. So keep going here with me. I want you to think about who you serve or who you want to serve in your life, what you have to offer them and the impact that you want to create. So I do a lot of things by being a keynote speaker at Unbridled Talent, but that in no way conveys my passion and who I serve and what I'm trying to create in the world. I'm trying to create impact makers. I'm trying to create people who build careers that they love and lives that matter, who make a difference in the world. And that's got to be something that I can share and convey in a conversation with others, but also that helps me to decide about the types of work I want to do. I think one of my favorite personal brand statements is from my friend, Carrie Oberbrunner, who was a guest on the Impact Makers podcast back in episode nine. And I'll link to that in the show notes if you haven't had a chance to listen to my conversation with Carrie yet. In that episode, Carrie shared his personal brand statement, or he calls it a personal value statement. And his is, I'm an author, coach, and speaker who helps people to clarify who they are, why they're here, and where they're going so that they can become a soul on fire, experience unhackability, and share their message with the world. Now, that's fairly long in terms of like something that you might mention at a networking event, and I'm sure he has a more shareable version for situations like that. But I love that statement because what's so great about it is when I hear it, I understand exactly who he helps. Authors, coaches, speakers. So basically, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, people who are building an expertise-based business. And I also understand how he does that. He helps them to get clarity around who they are, why they're here, and where they're going. And the transformation that he helps them to achieve is so that they can become a soul on fire and share their message with the world. And he has a whole community called the Igniting Souls Community. He has a conference called Igniting Souls. And in that community, in that conference, and in all of the books and products that he has, he's doing just that, helping people to gain clarity on their message so that then they can share their message with the world to help others. Of course, because Gary is an overachiever, he has a book, product, or service that ties to each aspect of his personal brand statement. So he's written four books. They help you to understand who you are. They help you to get your message out and help you to understand what you want to do with that message and how you can share it with the world. And then he has things like Author Academy Elite and Business Academy Elite where you can begin to create a business so that you can take that to the next level. But the clarity that Carrie has around who he helps and how he does that is what has helped him to build a global community of souls on fire and a thriving seven-figure business in less than, I believe, six years since he left the ministry into becoming an entrepreneur. So that's a, you know, many people, myself included, would say that's a pretty rocket-fast growth path there. And I think it all boils down to gaining clarity both for himself and then also helping other people to get that as well. But I want to make sure that you understand that personal branding is not only beneficial for entrepreneurs or people with something to sell, which is often kind of the pushback that I get from people. That same clarity that's helped Carrie to build a million-dollar business can help you get opportunities that you're seeking to grow in your career. Or it can help you improve your effectiveness as a nonprofit volunteer, or I think it can even help you deliver more value as a family member or friend. That clarity around who you are, what you have to offer, and how you help people so that they can do something exponentially greater in the world is really, really valuable regardless of your career path or your goals in life. So over the last couple of weeks, it's been great for me to see 
people from all walks of life working on their personal branding process who've listened to the podcast or maybe have downloaded the workbook. And I love seeing how they're asking their networks for input for that exercise on asking people, what are the three things that come to mind when you think of me? That's been really fun to see. And I've seen dozens of social media posts and have received messages from people all over the world sharing their shiny new personal brand statements and asking for my feedback. And I love every minute of it. So keep doing that. Keep sharing those with me. Tag me on social media with Impact Makers Podcast, hashtag Impact Maker Podcast or tag me because I'd love to see what you're doing or even better, send me an email or a message with what your statement is so that I can understand who I can connect you with so that you can really live out your purpose and your value. So keep up the good work and remember your personal brand and your personal brand statement will always be evolving and growing. Just like you, it's always a work in process. But with focus and attention, you'll be able to ensure that you and it will grow in the direction that you want and hopefully only get better. We have to water those seeds if we want them to grow. But I don't want you to leave your life up to career or your life or career up to chance. I don't want you to let the world just happen to you. I want you to take control of your career and your life and go boldly in the direction that you want to go where you can have the most impact. You're going to boldly go just like on Star Trek. (laughs) And so continue to keep up that good work and continue to seek clarity. That'll never end. It's some sort of like Zen thing. We're always seeking clarity. But today, I'm going to finish up this series by talking about how you can take action. Now that you know the direction that you want to go and you've gotten more clarity on who you are and what you bring to the table, who you want to impact and how you can do that, how do you share this goodness with the world? How do you begin to leverage that personal brand understanding and your personal brand statement to really get the opportunities that can help you to have the most impact? Well, today I've got six action steps that you can take to share your personal brand with the world. So six things that you can do. You can do one or all of them. You can certainly start with one. That's usually the first step. But six ways that you can begin to communicate your personal brand and to get the opportunities that you're looking for. And first, we'll start with kind of something that's changed the world really for all of us in the sense that everyone now is on a playing field to be able to impact people all over the world. You know, just 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it might be easy to say, you know, I want to impact a million people. We heard Mary Miller talk about, and I forget the episode, I'll link to it in the show notes, her interview on the Impact Makers podcast. Her goal is to impact 20 million, I believe it was, lives, 10 million, 20 million, some large number. Carrie Oberbrunner's goal, I believe, is to impact a million or two million people. Whatever the number is, all of those things are achievable because of something called the internet. Now that the internet is available to us and helps us in a lot of ways and maybe causes some struggles in other ways too, but let's focus on the good parts of the internet. The internet and online activity is one of the best ways to get your reputation out there. It's also one of the most effective ways to get your reputation out there in not so good ways. So again, we want to take charge of our online activity. We want to understand the importance of having a presence online. Because let me tell you a fact, if you're not aware of this fact already, information that's found online about you is used by others to assess your credibility, knowledge, and experience. 
I'm going to say that again so that you understand. Information found online is used by others to assess your credibility, knowledge, and experience. Remember when I said you have a personal brand, whether you've done anything to develop it or not? Part of your personal brand may be what people are finding out about you online that you may not even be aware of that is out there today. Or that you threw up a LinkedIn profile 10 years ago and you haven't really done anything to enhance it or to share your value or to make it better or done anything to really take control of the information that's out there about you online. I talked to so many professionals over the years. I used to do a lot of training and talks on using social media, particularly in HR and recruiting or for business builders to build their brand. And so many people would give me pushback and say, you know, I don't want to be found online. Or some people had some privacy concerns or security concerns that maybe that would, you know, increase their risk. And I think, you know, some of that is true and we have to be aware of those things. But in today's world, do you think about your own activity? How many times have you heard someone's name, whether it's a celebrity or a person in the business world or just a name that you heard. And the first thing that you do is you pick up your mobile device or if you're sitting at your laptop or your desktop, you type their name into Google or Bing or Yahoo or your favorite search engine if people are using things other than Google. You type in their name, put some quotation marks around it if you're really an expert at this sourcing thing, and you see what the results are that come up for that person. And within seconds, just like meeting a person in person, you know, that we develop that first impression within milliseconds of shaking their hand or looking them in the eyes. And so you've heard for years about the importance of eye contact and a smile. The importance of your online presence is almost equally, maybe if not more powerful than that first impression when someone meets you, because people can then take the information that's out there, some of which you may not even be related to you. Maybe it's somebody that has a name like you. Maybe it's something that someone put out there about you. Maybe it's negative or even just, you know, neutral about you, but it's not highlighting your skills or experience in some way. Or maybe, as I said, you've been lazy and you've put content out there, either intentionally or unintentionally, that doesn't really reflect well on you. And those impressions are something that's very difficult to take away. And it prevents people maybe from reaching out to you or offering you opportunities or connecting with you in some way because they formed an opinion about you or an impression about you that doesn't really resonate with the value that you create. So online is probably one of the first and most important steps that you need to take in communicating your personal brand. So the first step, do like you would do with someone else. Google yourself. Put your name and quotation marks in the search bar of Google and see what comes up. And this is actually what started my personal brand journey several years ago when I became interested in personal branding 10 plus years ago. I read a book called Career Distinction by William Aruda, and I forget the co-author's name, but again, I'll link to it in the show notes. And that Career Distinction book had an online assessment called the Online Distinction Survey. And again, if you get the book, you can still get the code to that, I believe, today. And you answered some questions online, and you know certainly one of the activities was to Google yourself, and I think you had to count the number of times that you actually were in the first 10 results of the Google results. And it came back, my results 10 plus years ago said that I was digitally dabbling. In other words, my online presence wasn't very strong. I don't own the domain name for my name, the .com. At the time, I didn't even have a domain name with my name. I didn't have a strong presence out there, and I wasn't 
I think maybe one or two hits in the first 10 results. And so I made it a point. I said, I want to dominate the online results for my name. Now, Jennifer McClure is not completely common name, but there are more than one of us, and some of us have an online presence, and there is one of us that has a domain name. Don't click on it, though. Don't click on it. Don't give her any Google juice. <laughs> so I've got to make sure, especially in the business that I'm in, where I am looking for people to find me online and hopefully book me as a speaker or a coach or have the opportunity to connect with them and work with them in some way. Or again, maybe they hear about me as a speaker and they say, hmm, I want to see if I can find her website. If they put my name in and the first two or three hits aren't me, but they click on them and maybe go in another direction. If one of the other people with my name is also a speaker or a business coach, I might lose that opportunity. Or in some cases, I did a workshop once for a group of business coaches where we were talking about online activity. And the night before the workshop, I, there were only 10 people in the workshop. So I had the opportunity to kind of really dive into, I Googled each of them and I wanted to kind of use some examples in the workshop of people that were doing it well and people that maybe had some challenges and opportunities. And I Googled each of the participants in the workshop. And one of them, again, a business coach with a very well-known franchise for business coaches. When I put his name in, it wasn't just the first 10 results. It was like pages and pages of the results were for a comedian that whose humor was, uh, let's just call it blue humor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that translates to other cultures, but maybe some would consider it inappropriate humor. And the comedian was actually pretty well known. And again, he as a business coach was nowhere in the results. And so if someone's saying, hey, you know, do you have a business coach that you could recommend to me? And someone gave them his name and the person goes to Google because they want to find his website, maybe call him or send in an inquiry. And the, all the results are for this comedian that they don't know that that's also not the business coach. If they found that inappropriate, inoffensive, didn't necessarily meet their taste, didn't match with what they thought a business coach would be. They're not going to go any further to do any investigation into that person. And in fact, they might tell other people, don't use that guy because this, this, and this. So you may also be a business coach that is a comedian that delivers, you know, somewhat, say, inappropriate humor. And that's great if you own that and that's part of your brand. It's certainly going to make, you know, very clear who people that will want to work with you and those who don't. But in his case, he was horrified because he'd never actually Googled himself to see that he didn't have an online presence and that could be preventing him from getting business or opportunities. Same thing for, again, you don't have to be an entrepreneur or someone online with something to sell for your online reputation to potentially be damaging. Let's say you're a doctor or a lawyer and you get business based off referrals and recommendations. If you go out and Google your name and you find Google reviews or online review sites or even people that maybe wrote a blog post about a negative experience that they had, it may be one person out of hundreds that you've worked with or treated that had great experiences. This person had a bad experience, but they shared it all over online. And that's going to be the first thing that someone sees about you. So you can't remove that type of content. But what can you do to create content that really helps people to see who the real you is, that positions you hopefully higher up in search results? And one of the best ways to do that is certainly to buy your domain name. Again, learn from my experience. Buy your domain name. I didn't even know it was a thing until 19, well, I guess 2008 or so when I started looking at buying my own domain name. 
and it was already gone. So probably today it's going to be hard to get your domain name if you have a common name. So think about adding in an initial or something that describes you like Mike the coach or, you know, that's going to be taken, but, you know, Mike the career coach or something like that where it's going to be more unique to you if possible, but ideally, if you can buy your name, your domain name, do it. Even if you don't ever think you're going to create a website, you don't ever want to create a website, do it just so that someone else doesn't get it. Because even though 10 years after I took that online assessment quiz that said I was digitally dabbling, now I'm digitally distinct because I have really focused on making sure that I own my name online. I never pushed the person with the actual domain name out of the first page results because that's a strong URL if you're searching for the term Jennifer McClure. Again, don't click on it. Don't give her any Google juice. I've since bought JenniferMcClure.net, and some people will say, you know, certainly that's not as great as the .com, but it does over time will help me again to position myself more strongly in search results. But the one thing, if you can't or don't, or just aren't going to create your own website or buy your own domain name, the one thing that everyone can do is to create a great LinkedIn profile. Now you might say, why? I have a profile, it's out there, why does it need to be great? Well, LinkedIn is designed to index really high in search results. So again, unless you have a name like Joe Brown, super common, if you have a name that is somehow distinctive to you on your profile on LinkedIn, and again, that might be adding an initial or something else, and you have a lot of activity, and activity means connections, liking posts, comments, joining groups, engaging in your newsfeed every day, writing posts on LinkedIn, any of those activities on LinkedIn mean that it's a high traffic website. That's what Google tends to index higher in search results. So the fact that you're on that high traffic website, if your profile also has some activity on it, it's going to index very high in search results. So me, for example, a person with my own website who has blogs and who has written for blogs on multiple sites, who has social media profiles everywhere, a lot of places that I am and can be found online, my LinkedIn profile, depending on the day, and it changes periodically, often shows up higher in search results, sometimes the number one or two result for Jennifer McClure, even with the other Jennifer McClure, some who actually have a pretty strong web presence, and even higher than my website sometimes because there's more activity on my LinkedIn profile. So having a LinkedIn profile, first step, filling out your LinkedIn profile so it's 100% complete and they give you a progress bar to show you what 100% complete means. And then actually having activity on your LinkedIn profile can be a great way to start to take control of your online presence. Everyone now can have their own website basically online that's going to be in top results for your name if someone is searching for you. And you know what is even better about it? 100% of the content on your LinkedIn profile is controlled by you. So you decide what goes on your profile, not someone who wrote an online review about you. And if they do write a review on your LinkedIn profile, you decide if you're going to actually approve it and let it be seen. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn should be your go-to first step. So when I say your online activity is the first step, Number 1A of that would be get your LinkedIn profile filled out, 100% complete, pay some attention to it, don't let it collect dust in the corner, find ways to be active on LinkedIn, and I'll share more in a little bit about how you can really continue to use LinkedIn to build out your brand, but make sure that LinkedIn is a place that if I search for you online, 
right away, I see your personal brand statement. I see examples of how you are growing in your career or your volunteer activities or in your world. And in some way, I get a positive first impression about you and want to take the next step, whatever that is, whatever transformation that you create. If I'm looking for that, then I either want to connect with you or hire you or recruit you or promote you. All of those things, you can position yourself for that success on LinkedIn. So three tips for you on LinkedIn. And again, I've got more information that I'll share in the future. And I've written about on my blog about how you can maximize your LinkedIn presence. But first step, your LinkedIn profile photo. Really important. They've done heat map studies about LinkedIn profiles. And the eye goes first to the profile photo, whether we like that or not. So a lot of this, it's just like first impressions, whether you like it or not. People judge you on how you show up and what they think about you in terms of how you show up. You also have that same on LinkedIn. If you don't have a profile photo, that's going to create a judgment in their mind. My guess is that's probably not going to be super positive. If you do have a profile photo, do your best to make sure that it's friendly and aligns with your brand and your role. So that doesn't mean that we all need to look alike and have a business suit and tie and, you know, no smile photo, et cetera. It means be you on LinkedIn, but highlight you. So no photos with you cropping a bunch of people out, no photos with you and your dog. Even if that's part of your brand, your LinkedIn profile is about you. So a good, friendly headshot. If you work in banking or conservative environment, then you'll probably want to be dressed in conservative attire. If you work in a PR firm or an agency that's creative and, you know, an, an art dealer or something and you have pink spiky hair and gauges in your ears and that's cool with your industry, great. Then that can be your LinkedIn profile photo because that's you and it's part of who you are. But have a photo that represents you well because that's your virtual handshake online. Second thing, your headline. Make it count. Your headline defaults to your job title and the company that you work for. This is your prime real estate to use that personal brand statement. You have, I think it's 200 characters or less. I forget the exact number, but it's not, you know, probably as long as what your actual personal brand statement is. But how can you shorten that personal brand statement to show how you add value and what you bring to the table? Make it something different so that you stand out if someone is searching for a business coach and they put in business coach in the search results, they're going to get profiles of people who have business coach listed anywhere on their profile. But if your headline is the one that grabs their attention, then your profile is probably going to be the one that they click on first. That headline and that profile photo, again, also set people up for a positive impression and make them choose to want to either read more or not. So your profile photo, your headline, your summary, your experience, all that should be your marketing brochure. It's not your resume. Don't just copy and paste a bunch of bullet points, which, by the way, your resume shouldn't be that either. But make sure that it's like you got a shiny trifold marketing brochure that tells you all about a product or service that you're looking to buy. You are your own CEO, remember, so you've got to market you. You're in the business of marketing you. Make sure your LinkedIn profile does that well. So we'll move kind of offline. Well, we'll move offline from online, from which is the first step. But really, really take some time to build those things out and take control of your personal brand online because it's often the first place where people meet you today. And again, from all over around the world. Number two way that you can communicate your personal brand, share your expertise. 
the word out there today, is the words are influencers, thought leaders, you know, gurus, whatever you want to call it. And we hate all those kind of terms that are thrown around. But these are people often that are sharing their opinions, thoughts, et cetera, online. And I think William Tencup in his conversation with me on Impact Makers, which again, I'll link to it in the show notes, really had a great definition of thought leaders. Thought leaders are people who put their thoughts out there. <laughs> but he also mentioned about how they really do need to have different thoughts, not the same thoughts as everyone else. But the first step is sharing your thoughts. I mean, you do have unique thoughts to you that may be informed or, you know, formed by what you're hearing from others, but start sharing your thoughts. And you might say, well, how can I do that? One of the best ways, and you've heard it from most every guest on this podcast so far, part of how they've either grown their career to the point where they are now running their own successful businesses, or many of them who are practitioners who are getting opportunities to speak or to get promoted or to now buy businesses, those people have started by writing, writing about their profession, their industry, you know, what they do, what they think about the future, what they think is right or wrong with the world now. So writing is a great way to start to share your expertise. Now, I'll get to some of your maybe pushback on that in just a minute. But how can you write? Again, maybe you don't want to buy your own website and create a website and write a blog every week or every day or any of those types of things. There are multiple ways that you can write, starting with LinkedIn. Everyone can be a publisher on LinkedIn. Everyone has the opportunity to write blog posts on LinkedIn. And I know over the years, I mean, in the past, my blog and my website got quite a bit of traffic when I shared a blog post. Things have changed in the online world today. Most bloggers will see less traffic on their website. And I can tell you, if I write a blog post on my website, if I share a similar or different blog post on LinkedIn, I often get more views on my LinkedIn profile than I do on my own website. Why is that? Because I have almost 17,000 connections on LinkedIn. And so that's 17,000 people in my case that have an opportunity to see what I put out there in terms of my thoughts. And those people then can, once they like it or comment on it or share it, that means it's now available to be seen by people in their network. So it's exponentially larger opportunity for it to be seen by people who are maybe even more curated to me and who I am since we've connected online. So LinkedIn, again, huge opportunity to publish there. But you don't have to write a blog post. Everyone has a little status update bar on LinkedIn where you can share some of your thoughts on a daily basis. And again, whether you don't have to have 17,000 connections, that's a lot. It's a lot to manage. Maybe you have 170 of people that you really know that it makes sense for you to be connected with, that you'd recognize them on the street. And that is probably even more effective if those 170 people are paying attention to you and really get you for them to see what you're sharing online. So share a status update. You know, if you're going to a conference, looking forward to attending this conference and learning about X, Y, and Z, you will share back what I learned. You go to the conference. I had the opportunity to listen to a speaker today who talked about this topic and he or she mentioned these three things, and here's what I think about them. You can share your thoughts and what you're learning, not only to help build your brand, but now you're also helping other people to grow. So that's the whole purpose of writing, sharing your thoughts, not just to be seen or be recognized, but how can you help other people? Again, how do you create an impact? You do that by having an opinion and sharing it. So LinkedIn, your LinkedIn status updates, you can write for industry websites, 
most everybody has a professional association that they're associated with in terms of their career. Almost all of those associations are putting out some sort of content, whether it's still an old school newsletter or a blog or in some way communicating, whether it's on a national level or a local level. And those people are almost always looking for people to write. Uh, they need subject matter experts. They need people who are generating conversations. So reach out and offer to write for your professional association or for your industry website. There are also ways you can get published in things like Inc. or Forbes or some of the more popular sites if you're a good writer and maybe has a following and you go through connecting with the right people in order to do that. There are tons of ways that you can get seen and heard by writing your content. If you don't want to go that step first, first step then, curate other people's content. So you can share your thoughts by sharing blog posts of people that you read or newsletter articles that you read. Add a statement or two about what you think about that. So don't just share it. Hey, great post or something like that. Read this article from Laurie Rudiman today about XYZ, and it made me think about this, and I believe that. That could be three or four sentences, but you have now associated yourself with that kind of thought leadership, and you've put your thoughts out there. But again, you've also helped someone else by sharing their message with the world. So share your expertise is number two. Write anywhere, everywhere, share your thoughts. When you do that, you'll see what resonates with people. You know, maybe you share something and people just like it, comment it, they love on it, they hate it. Whatever it is, you'll start to find out what it is that you think about or that you do that really resonates with people that you can begin to leverage and, again, evolve and develop your personal brand. Share stuff that you are reading and finding from other people. That helps to associate you with that type of content, but it also builds your relationships and your networks because we all love it when people share our stuff. So number three, how do you build and get your personal brand out there? You can mentor or coach others. Helping other people actually helps you. It's crucial and enjoyable and one of the best ways to build your personal brand. So how can you help others? You can coach other people. Some people get paid to do that. You know, that may be your profession. And certainly if you have the, you know, expertise and ability to coach other people, I think coaches are people that work with others to help them achieve goals. So that's kind of loosely defined. And that's why there are life coaches, there are career coaches, there are business coaches, there are speaker coaches, there are all kinds of coaches because it's basically someone saying, I want to help you achieve a goal and I have a process and a way to work with you to do that. So that might be one way. If you want to go the formal route or the informal route is you can mentor other people. So you may be a professional who has a day job and you don't want to be a full-time coach, but you still want to help other people to grow their careers. Who are two or three people in your kind of worldview that you could give a leg up, give a hand to? How many people are out there would love to get your advice and counsel on what you've learned? And don't just think about young people. Young people absolutely need mentors, but career professionals at all levels, people at all levels in the world need people that they can get advice from and that they can reach out to and learn from and sometimes just have them listen. So remember, coaching and mentoring both is not, hey, I want to coach you so that I can tell you what to do. Great coaches, great mentors are better listeners. They are people who say, tell me what's going on in your world. How do you feel about that? What do you think you should do next? And they listen. And when they're asked to give advice, they do. But more often than that, they're really helping someone work through 
that themselves. So you can volunteer, volunteer with your professional association. You can volunteer to connect other people. You can write recommendations for people on LinkedIn or just send them an email and tell them how wonderful they've been. But how can you begin to build your credibility and your brand by being seen as someone who is knowledgeable enough and sought out enough that they are someone who people want to get the help from? So mentoring, coaching, helping others is number three. Number four is social media. So similar to your online presence, you know, having your own domain name, if you can get that, or at least put it away so no one else can get it, building a LinkedIn profile, which is kind of your website online, and looking at what is out there for you online that maybe you need to create content to either push some content down that doesn't you know, reflect on you or reflects poorly on you, the only way that you're going to move things off the first page of Google is to create things that go up higher in search results. So let's say you are a professional, a doctor, a lawyer, or someone who owns a business, and someone's written a negative review about you, and that shows up on the first page of Google results. Or maybe you're a business professional, and again, someone wrote about you on Glassdoor or, you know, some site where... They've written something that doesn't necessarily reflect well on you, or maybe it just is not in line with your personal brand, or in some cases, maybe it's old content about you that you've moved well beyond that now. Or even in the example I gave earlier, content that's actually related to somebody else that either doesn't reflect well on you or is just confusing. The only way you're going to be able to push that content down is to create more content that shows up higher in search results. LinkedIn's gonna be a great option, as I told you earlier but also social media profiles. Because remember, Google Juice, and I'm no expert, by the way, so don't quote me on this, but Google Juice is really about frequently interacted with content. So likes, comments, clicks, et cetera, all that means that Google thinks that that's more relevant to a search result. So social media profiles are designed to be interactive. So if you're on Twitter, for example, every time you're tweeting, every time someone's liking that, every time you're scrolling through your timeline, all of those are things that associate activity with your profile and make it something that is going to show up higher in search results than a 10-year-old article that was written about you that's posted out there online that no one's read since then. So having, you know, Twitter Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, WhatsApp, all of these social media sites are opportunities for you to create profiles that then could potentially show up in search results. And again, if you're being smart about your personal brand and posting content and information and thoughts and opinions that are related to your personal brand can be really helpful in terms of creating a good first impression about you. So I like this quote that I found, I believe it was on Forbes from Jason Demers, who's the founder and CEO of a company called Audience Bloom. If content is the fuel for your personal brand, then social media is the engine. So content being that you're going to write and create like we talked about in the second step. But social media is the engine. That's how you share your thoughts with the world. And you would go, oh, Jennifer, I don't want to be on Facebook. You know, they're spying on me. Or Twitter is, you know, so much bad news out there in the world today. And LinkedIn is, you know, just for recruiters. All of this is pushback. Pushback on the fact that you're not taking action where it matters. Now, you don't have to join all of those. In fact, I'd recommend that you choose one. 
choose one place on a social media site that you're really just going to go all in on, that you're going to post your thoughts, you're going to build meaningful relationships, you're going to connect and interact, and use that site to its best advantage. If you have the capacity and the willpower to do more than one, good on you. But at minimum, you need to do one. And I always suggest start with LinkedIn if you're a business professional or if you're someone who wants to be found by business professionals. Number two, it's really up to you. Personally, I like Twitter. I've always been a Twitter fan. And even as much as it's changed over the years, Twitter is really valuable to me. I still enjoy Facebook much more probably from a personal standpoint, but I get business opportunities through Facebook as well. Instagram, I love, but I like to post pretty pictures, what I think are pretty pictures, by the way, (laughs) of cats and dogs and horses. So I haven't really started to maximize that for business yet, but it's still a great way to connect with people. So there are just any number of them out there. Just pick one. You know, there are people that are making millions of dollars off of Instagram. There are people who have grown their careers off of Instagram. Same with Twitter, same with Facebook. Choose the one that's going to be a place where you can explore, enjoy, and connect with like-minded people because social media is a great way to share your brand. And it's also going to, again, be something that indexes high in search results. Heading into the home stretch here, number five, speak. Now, not everybody wants to be a professional speaker, get up on a stage, deliver a talk. I mean, that's sending, you know, you know, putting you in a cold sweat and shivers down your spine. And that's totally normal. Not everyone needs or wants to be a speaker. That's great. But even if you don't want to stand up and be the keynote speaker with a thousand people in the room, you can be on a panel and share your expertise. If you don't want to take that step, you can volunteer to moderate the panel, be the person asking the questions of people on the panel. Every organization has some sort of event, whether it's a monthly meeting or a quarterly meeting or an annual conference, so they can range from small to large. And those organizations are looking for people who are subject matter experts to speak and share information about the topic and teach others. And those people are looked at as experts until they prove otherwise. But just by being a speaker or being on a panel or moderating the panel, it elevates the perception of your expertise. And it also provides you an opportunity again to share your thoughts, to begin to develop them, to hear what people think about them, and also to potentially hear from other people who are like-minded. So speaking, moderating a panel, being a panelist, find a way to get out there and share your message. That may be your least favorite opportunity, but it's going to be one that you can really leverage. And there are multiple ways you can do that from giving five minute talks to, again, just being a participant on a stage and sharing, but don't shy away from opportunities to share. Number six, the final way that I'm gonna share with you today that you can put your personal brand out there into the world, I want you to volunteer. Volunteer to help other people. So helping other people, coaching, mentoring is a form of volunteerism. But again, your professional association, your nonprofit in your community that you really love and support, all of those organizations are looking for volunteers, your church organization or faith-based organization. How can you get out and help other people? It's no secret that senior level executives, you know, if you look at nonprofit boards or business boards all over the world, those are full of senior executives and prominent companies. There's a reason for that. First of all, it reflects well on their company that they're involved in some of these organizations. But second of all, it is probably one of the 
most effective ways to build relationships and connect with people and get things done. So you think that everything gets done in the offices from nine to five. A lot of things get done with the relationships that people build through their volunteer activities. So get out there, volunteer. If you are in a professional association, well, first of all, join your professional association. If you say, I don't want to be a part of my professional association because they don't provide helpful information or the content that they share is boring or, you know, other people like me aren't there, then be the person that takes the first step. Be the one that offers to connect them with people who can add more value. Be the person that everyone says, well, if Jennifer joined that organization, then I should too. Be a leader. Get out there and join, volunteer, help others in your community and in your profession. Because I can tell you from years spent as an executive recruiter, one of the first things that I would do when I started a search is to start making calls, not necessarily to people that I felt would be the person that we would hire, but I start making calls and saying, who do you know that's the best whatever? best vice president of sales, best CEO in this industry, best HR person, because I'm looking for the ones that come to top of mind for the most people. And then I'm going to start reaching out to those people because they are top of mind, because they're out there, they're sharing their expertise, they're leaders in their professional association. They're someone that people associate with expertise or leadership in that profession. So volunteer. So those are six ways that you can communicate your personal brand. Number one, your online activity. Pay attention to it. Understand what it is. Take charge of it because it matters in today's world. Number two, sharing your expertise through writing and curating great content with the things that you want to be known for. Number three, helping others, mentoring and coaching other people. Number four, being active on at least one social media platform where you're sharing your expertise. You don't have to share what you had for lunch or pictures of your vacation or your kids or your family. Just be an expert who's out there sharing meaningful content and engaging with others. Number five, speak, moderate, be a panelist. Challenge yourself to stand up and share your expertise so that people can notice you and see that you're adding value. Number six, volunteer. Help your organization, help the places that you support, help connect with and to people that you need to know who can help you get what you want. So what I want you to be known as, what I always say is the most powerful word in personal branding is the word the. When people say she is the speaker that you need to have at your event for leadership or high impact talent strategies, then I'm winning. If people say he is the most well-known human resources expert in the industry, then you're winning. If they say she is the person that we want on this team, if we want to get this accomplished in a timely manner, then you are winning. When people say you are the something, then your personal brand is working for you. And in order to make it work for you, you have to define it, you have to develop it, and you have to communicate it. And I hope that these sessions that I've shared with over the last three weeks, as well as my interview with Laurie on the Let's Fix Work podcast, can be helpful to you in doing that. And I hope you have a great day and a great week. See you next week. Bye. It's time for you to get noticed, create change, and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review. 